Welcome to the When God Calls podcast. I am your host, Michael McCaskill, public servant, lay servant, and cancer survivor. Each episode, you will hear motivational stories from people whose lives have been changed by serving others. Along the way, you'll get tips and strategies that you can use to become a more effective Christian. Thanks for listening. Now let the journey continue. for this day, your blessings to us and your love for us. Lord, there's so many needs around us, so many abject needs. We ask that you just make us aware, make us make us aware of your love and your lightness, Lord, as we see those in need and let us be a light and a witness to those. Be with us in this lesson. Bless my Lord, let us hear from you and interpret this message and put it into practice. Be with us in the service after in the week. Let us know and understand and do your will. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So last week we started talking about our responsibilities as Christians. And the, the uh, it started off with uh, you know what what what's been done for us and and what he urges us to do that we're we have in common we're one body, one spirit, one Lord, and then our differences of course are our things that we've been uh, our our uh, gifts that we've been given by by God to be fulfill the body um, and then using all that we are to grow spiritually in Christ well now in in the last part of chapter four uh, Paul's talking about our instructions, how we're supposed to live as Christians in this new life that we've we've been given. So today's verses are um, uh, Ephesians four seventeen through the end of the chapter thirty two. So I'll go ahead and <clears throat> I'll go ahead and read that. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality as, so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they, are all, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way you, of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. 
that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom we are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. <clears throat> so, there's a lot in there. In two. It seems like we could pick one to hold on to, don't it? It does. I'd, I'd take anger with Yeah. And that's what's... I don't know what I'd take because they're all... I'm guilty of all of that. <laughs> well, and actually, I, I was... I just, you know, there's a other place that says, go ahead and be angry, but... You know, yeah. Um, actually, I'm guilty of all of those today, so far this morning. <laughs> so, he starts off in, in verse 17 talking about the Gentiles and what they, what they are, how they are. And he says... Uh, these the Gentiles, the ones that are not believers or have been unsaved, they know God but refuse to follow His commands. He speaks about that. He says um, that they are alienated from God. They're callous. They have no conscience. They do whatever they want to do, however they want to do it, and what that does to somebody else, they could care less. They have no. There's no conscience. Uh, they live in debauchery, lust, darkness, orgies, carousing, and uh, Detestable idolatry. That's from First Timothy four three. He actually describes those things that are impure that that uh, that Paul is talking about here. They're greedy. <laughs> uh, they're greedy people, and so they're think they're thinking the Gentiles thinking the non believers is in vain because they're thinking about the earthly things that make them feel better, if you will which leads to absolutely nothing. Um, and it's futile thinking because their thinking is darkened. They're not thinking about the spiritual holiness of God and, and living like Jesus. They're thinking about earthly living. Um, they think they're enlightened because they're following the philosophies of the day. And yet, um, and, and reject the Bible. But that's why they're in the dark. That's why they're darkened, is that they're, they're thinking about and, and handling and doing the things that the earth, earthly people are saying, this is how you should be, in the philosophies of the day, and ignoring God's will, God's purpose in their life, and ignoring that God is uh, the true, the truth, God sent Jesus, and, and that is the truth. And in doing that, Satan has, blind, Satan has blinded them so that they won't see the truth in Jesus. So if, if they're following the earthly pleasures in life on earth as, as, as we see today, I mean, they, they, these things are different, but they're really not. <laughs> uh, if we're following earth, the people on earth's philosophies, then that gives the devil a foothold gives him a way in and he can blind you to God's holiness and God's uh, love for you and therefore you're darkened, you're in the dark. Um, so Paul in here, as he's describing all of this, and he's talking to believers now, he's talking to the Gentiles who are saved people. This is new holy people. 
He says, put off the grave clothes and put on the grace clothes. So think of it that way, and I got this out of the commentary I was reading. The grave clothes are earthly, our earthly life. Put off your earthly life. Put on grace. Put on God. Put on Jesus' death and resurrection for your salvation. Put that on and live clothed in grace, which I thought was a really great way to put that. Um, so we, we should be giving up our earthly pleasures, our earth in our earthly nature about us. Um, and in, in verse 24, it's, uh, let me read that again. I'll read 22 through 24. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put your old, put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires. That's earthly life. To be made new in the attitude of your minds and put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Now we know God created us all with a choice. And we chose as a human population over time the earthly life. And he ended up sending Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection, the grace to give us salvation. So in that, when we talk about that, in verse 24, we were therefore buried with... So in verse 24, what he's really saying there is we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that Jesus as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father. We too may live a new life. So we're buried and resurrected in Jesus Christ because of Jesus' burial and resurrection. <laughs> burial and resurrection. That is the grace close. Jesus' death gave us the ability to have grace. That is the grace from the Father. It was through Jesus Christ. So as we are buried and resurrected in Jesus Christ, what does that mean for us as Christians? How are we supposed to live? Well, he talks about it. It is very specific. Do not lie to each other. <laughs> well, since we were all baptized into Christ, remember he's talking to the group of believers, the the, the the folks who are saved, the Gentiles that have been converted, since we were all baptized into the body of Christ, that body of Christ is, has a, we have a relationship with Christ, and we have been given the truth that we know how to determine right from wrong. God gives us that, that knowledge because we now know His true grace. We know God. We know Jesus. We know how we're supposed to live. We were baptized and our minds were transformed to now understand that earthly life is, is uh, defeating for us, and our spiritual life is victory for us. We talked about this just a minute ago. Don't act out in anger. So if you have a problem with somebody, <laughs> go fix it. Now, it says, you know, you hear, don't go to bed mad. Well, in essence, what that really means is, look, if you've got a problem, if you're mad about something, don't let that anger fester in you until you become, until you sin because of the anger. In that sinning, if, if you're upset with somebody, if you're angry with somebody, that anger is going to fester. And you're going to think horrible thoughts about that person. And I am definitely... 
Yeah, well, I'm talking about me now. We let things fester to the point that we start to sin because now we have malice toward that person. We stop loving that person, the true sense of loving that person. Even though they're in the body, we're now not encouraging them anymore. We want to stay away from them. So we're, we're angry with them. So we have to forgive them. We have to get over that. We have to fix that with them so that we can heal and continue to live in Christ spiritually. And if we don't forgive and we let that anger fester, that's just one more toehold the devil has in our lives to blind us to God's true nature, His love and grace. Because even though we sin, we have that forgiveness in Christ. But the devil can blind us to that because we're angry. We, we don't see that anymore. We, it's almost like we put blinders on and it's just this problem we got to deal with. Stop stealing and work so that you will have something to share with the needy. Um, I got to admit, when I read that the first time today, <laughs> I thought about where we were in our country now. The workforce is depleted. Can't find anybody to do the jobs. And many of the... Um, ways that we did prior to COVID. Now, why that is, is up for debate. I mean, there's a lot of theories and there's a lot of truth into some of those theories. But the point is, their hands are idle. They're not working for God and therefore they're not gaining something that they can provide to someone else who's in need. And that doesn't mean financial need completely. That also means encouragement, love, support, Hearing what they need to hear at the time they need to hear it, and I thought of Miss Miss uh, Miss Mert when I when I read that again. Miss Mert's a beautiful Christian lady who loves the Lord with all her heart, and she's going through some really tough times right now with her grandson and the expected uh, death of Don. I mean, and it's all at one time. And if I'm not working in my life for God and working to gain the knowledge and the, the things I can use to help others, then I can't help Mert. So it's my job to make sure when she needs it, I'm ready for it. And if I'm sitting idle and I'm not doing what I should be doing and working and reading and learning and growing closer and closer and closer to Christ, then I'm not doing my job to help her when she's in need or Gary or you, or you, or you, or anybody, and when we're not doing that for each other, and yet we're in one body. We're part of one body, Christ's body, and that's what we're supposed to be doing. So stop stealing also means start working. Stealing is if you're sitting idle and all you're doing is taking in from somebody. You're stealing because you're not providing back. That's just like stealing. In my mind, and I... And you know, we, we can debate that, that topic, but we have to work or we're not being part of the body of Christ. And we live in such a society that that is not to only tolerated, but rewarded. It's actually rewarded. In some cases, you're absolutely right. Yeah, 1 Timothy 4, 9 through 15 says, Now about your love for one another, we do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact... You do love all of God's family throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so, more, do so more and more and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. 
You should mind your own business and work with your hands just as we told you so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Mind your own business. Do your job. Gain so that you can gain the respect of outsiders and not be dependent on anybody. Our job is to be self-sufficient within Jesus Christ, within the relationship we have with Him, so that we can help others. That is a beautiful sentiment that we a lot of times overlook in our lives today. The greed part of that comes in. We want, you know, we want more and we want more and we want it. It's about us, about ourselves. And yet this one piece of this verse says it's not about you. It's about what you can do for somebody else, but you have to work at it and be ready for it when, it, when it's time. And if you're not, you just stole from them. I'd never looked at it that way, and I thought, hmm, <laughs> I needed that today. Don't speak in anger, malice, slander, and filthy language. First uh, Timothy 3.8 says, But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. If you're going to love God's family, then you have to get rid of all of that because all of that inhibits your love for others. If you have malice towards somebody or you know you slander somebody or you have this rage against people, then you can't love them because you can't see the forest for the trees. The devil's getting in the way, so you have to get rid of that. <coughs> Be encouraging and build each other up with our words. Be encouraging and build each other up with our words. Sometimes that's the last thing I think about. Today I was ready to strangle the neck of the guy on the other end of the line when I was trying to fix a credit card issue for our trip. It wasn't his fault. It really wasn't anybody's fault. It's just the nature of the way things happen. But I was frustrated. I was anxious. I was letting those things about me get in the way so that I couldn't actually interact and gain the respect of that guy on the other end. Because I had it in my head, he was going to make this as hard as he could possibly make it, and I was already ticked off about it. So we have to remember that people are people, and we're supposed to be encouraging and build them up in our words and not... And I wasn't tearing him down. I was just really not... I was frustrated. And one of the last things it says here, and I want to go back to this verse... Um, In verse 30, it says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. What do you think that means? No, do not make Him the Spirit be sad or dislike the things that you say or, or do. Okay, yeah. Don't resist. Don't resist the Holy Spirit's work in your life. Which is what you're just, we're talking about as a byproduct of resisting the Holy Spirit. Let Him in. Let Him work in your life so that you can be encouraging. So that you can love the body of Christ. So that you can work and be prepared for when that person needs you. You're there and ready with whatever that need is. Don't isn't, isn't that the unpardonable sin? The, the persistent resistance of the Holy Spirit? 
it can lead. I think it can lead to that in my mind, uh, because if you continue to resist, then eventually you're just going to cut him off and say he doesn't exist. And yes, it, it's it's maybe the first step or first few steps toward that in my in my mind. Uh, be kind and compassionate. Forgive as Christ forgave you. You know we we are slow to forgive. I am slow to forgive, and and yet Christ is not. He gave me the example, and I and I just don't see it sometimes. Does it say we can be selective and forgiving? <laughs> you know, it would be nice if we could put that word there, but it's it's not there. Um, so this whole thought of putting off the old man's clothes and putting on the new man's clothes, taking getting out of our sinful nature and getting into the nature of God and being led by the Holy Spirit can be best illustrate or is one of the best illustrations I've seen and, and really thought through is Lazarus. So Lazarus dies and we know the story. Four or five days later Jesus shows up. Everybody's upset. There's no way he can do anything about it. He stinks now. <laughs> I mean he's beyond help, Lazarus then. And Jesus says in John eleven forty four, the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Another way to say that is take off the grave clothes and put on your grace clothes. Let him go. Pardon him of anything he's done. Let him be better. Let me work in his life. That one simple take off the grave clothes and let him go is what Jesus did for us when he died. Resurrected. And now we have newness of life in him. That new life is our grace clothes. He let it go. And now he's here and he wants to work in us through the Holy Spirit to love the body, to work for the body, so that salvation, when salvation comes, as, as Roger said last week, well done, my good and faithful servant. Any thoughts? It's what we all strive to hear. It is. And I'm reminded too that in, in when I was studying this part this morning, you know, we're going to be held accountable for everything we do and everything we say. And the way it was worded is we're going to be held accountable for the for what's not in our vocabulary. So if we if we are not minding our own business and talking bad about somebody, we're going to be held accountable for that. But not only for talking bad about them, but also not working to help them. It's almost like a double-edged sword there. We're going to get it either way. So we have to think about that as we're going through, or I have to for sure. As we're going through our daily grind. <laughs> but, shall be required. but nothing is required that can't be handled with the help of God through Jesus Christ. Absolutely nothing. But we have to give give in to the Spirit and let Him work in our life. Okay. Gary, you want to close us, please? Father, thank you for indeed meeting with us. Thank you for the truths, Lord, the subtle truths. To make people aware of the 
of the enemy's fight against us, Lord, how, how, how secretly and darkly deceptive he is and how rather than a, 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 a dark sin that he just gets our attention off of you, Lord. Lord, let our attention be on you today. Lord, let us hear exactly what you have for us. Bless us with your Holy Spirit. Take us through the week, Lord, and let us do exactly what is required of you. Thank you for your love, your patience, and clothe us indeed in your grace. In your name we pray. Amen.